Looking for performance parts? The great guys over at Def Motion are huge fans of the show and are now offering a 5% discount to our loyal listeners. Uh, simply shop at defmotion.com and use code SLIPANGLE, no spaces, at checkout. Uh, that's www.deftmotion.com and use the code SLIPANGLE at checkout for your instant discount. Wow, it sounds so professional. Yeah, yeah. right? Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's one more sponsor than the Grassroots Podcast has. So, and uh, and I got a quick plug for the uh, the Grid Life events. We've got our Invitational uh, Advanced and Intermediate Guy Track Day uh, at uh, Autobahn Full Course, which is it's like the cheapest you'll ever run Autobahn Full. That's coming up soon. A few spots left, so I uh, got to plug that a little bit. Chris uh, Chris needs to sell a few more spots for that one. So. Um, that would be at grid.life or uh, on all the social media pages. Uh, you know, there's a lot of followers there. So today we have, we're doing two podcasts in one. You know, you get a two for one special, but you got to listen to it twice. It, it should be broadcast as the GRM podcast, and uh, it will be the Slip Angle Show also. Welcome, everybody, to Slip Angle Show, episode 15. I'm Austin Cabot. Yeah, I'm Adam Jubay. We've got a bit of a special uh, special podcast for you. You might also have, if you're, if you're a listener to the Grassroots Motorsports podcast, you might have all, uh, also heard it there, but you'll probably hear it here first. Uh, we've got J.G. Pasturejack on. He's uh, one of the editors over at Grassroots Motorsports. I think their longest-running employee there, so he's like the guy that runs the place. Uh, really good show, and I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Hi, JG. Hi there. T- today, JG emailed me that he wanted to do it, uh, do the, do the recording a little earlier. He said he's got some wrenching to do. Are you getting prepped for solo nationals, JG? Yeah. So um, here's here's my last couple weeks before solo nationals. I, you know, I, I, so I bought I bought this Formula 500 about a year ago. I actually, the the whole Formula 500 thing started last year at nationals, and um, it, it's so I bought it ju- just after nationals and been running it all year and and the the plan always was to take it to nationals this year. Thing has been stone reliable all year, except for all of a sudden the last couple of weeks before nationals, I started having these weird little you know reliability issues like drive chain popping off and just you know dumb stuff from from the car being old and never really you know, <laughs> maintained properly and like and like you know, stuff that you would change anyway that just all kind of is coming to a head right yeah. at this time so. Yeah, you know, I spent the last couple of weeks kind of kind of chasing those things, and then um, I'm pretty much ready to go. And then today, because I decided that my life was uh, was far too easy, I went and bought a new trailer. Because um, oh. <laughs> I, I decided that my trailer was just too just a scary old piece of crap. And um, so yeah, so that that's actually tonight's project is to kind of get get the new trailer squared away. And and uh, I mean, it's not that much different than what I had. I just need to you know. Make sure it all works and check it out yeah. and, and do a few things. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I think I'm ready to go at this point. Um, that's good. You know, and, and it, it's always that, that, that's such a great event. I mean, whether you show up with a car or, or like that's one of the few events that's actually fun to go to without a car and just hang out because it, it's such a, I mean, it's, it's like Burning Man almost. Because <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you look at it objectively, it's the stupidest thing in the world. I mean, I'm driving. 1400 miles and change each way to drive around in a parking lot for six minutes. 
Hey, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean the 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 math is just just doesn't really make sense. So yeah, um, it it is very limited seat time. I think that's yeah, part I mean, of the reason some of us track day guys haven't uh, gotten super into autocross, but the national level guys just they seem to really like it. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and you know, it, it, I, they're different sports. Ultimately, yeah, I mean, they, you know, it, it's it's like it's like comparing tennis and racquetball. I mean. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that look similar, and there's there's a lot of things that you know some of the skills cross over, but but ultimately the 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 sports I think are very different, and there's a there's a level of focus and concentration that you achieve in autocross oh, yeah. that you yeah. don't get anywhere else. Yeah, my uh, uh, my background in autocross started with the 2000. I think it's actually started in like '95, but uh, I, I spectated a couple of them when I was when I was younger. But uh, my first autocross was when we were prepping for the 2007 GRM Challenge, um, and uh, yeah, we did a bunch of them back then. And then I got really heavy into track day stuff, and it just kind of becomes a time priority, you know, one or the other for me. So, so was '07? Was that the sucker vet year? Yes, that I think that was okay. the sucker vet year, the one that 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 the and, sucker vet with the Polar, I think it was a Polaris snowmobile motor. Yeah, um, and, and you guys. Kind of thing. That you guys had the the chalkboard car. Uh yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, we, had, we had our our green CRX Guddy, um, which we eventually we turned it tan in two thousand eight with like, like right. a sem- semi real paint job, and then in two thousand nine it we painted it like uh, we the guy spent a ton of time painting it, and uh, I built a new turbo system for it, and then we won in two thousand nine, and it's still in that configuration. We just welded a cage in it, and we do track day stuff with it now. So. Oh, killer. Yeah, it's still around, still on the same motor too, running like twenty six pounds of boost for oh my God. Ten, like <laughs> since for like the almost ten years now. It's just <laughs> a tank. Yeah, the thing is, it's unkillable. It, it comes out at almost all of our events. That's <laughs> awesome. But the trans has seen better days. It doesn't go into third very well anymore. But um, yeah, for our listeners, um, JG, uh, what is your official title at Grassroots? You've been yeah, there for like so, thirty years now, right? Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm, I just had my twenty fifth anniversary in May. Um, so I, I basically started kind of right out of college. Um, I mean, officially I'm the production manager and the art director. I mean, my, my, my primary, primary job is I, I manage, um, basically the workflow of the actual production of the magazine. So, so getting it from editorial to the printer and then I lay out probably half to two thirds of, of, of most, most every issue. Um, okay. You know, doing doing the actual actual layout and stuff, and I do all the all the post production. You know, getting getting files ready for for the printer and dealing with that end of things. And you know, since uh, since Per Schroeder left um, a couple of years ago, you know, he was he was kind of our tech editor and and uh, focused mostly in in that area. I've I've started doing a lot a lot more. I mean, I've always been writing, but I've I've started writing a lot more since Per left. Yeah, I've noticed. That. Um, just because you know we've we've got that big gap now. I mean, he was he was a huge contributor to the to the the editorial of the magazine. So, you know, in 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 one way, I mean, I certainly certainly miss Pear, but it was an easy easy chance for me to get back into in into writing more. Um, and the nice thing about being there for twenty five years is I kind of get to cherry pick my my assignments and, and my stuff a little bit. Yep. yep. Um, Oh, and by cherry pick, I mean I'm just going to write what I'm going to write. <laughs> they like it, they, you know, they can, yeah. they can use it. But so yeah, that's I mean that's pretty much my my official position there. But we are it's a small company. I mean it's a you know it's a 14 person company. So our, our job uh, descriptions tend to be sort of varied, uh, varied and fluid. Yeah, everybody's got to pick up uh, where everybody yeah. else leaves off, right? So how do you how do you get into that? 
You know, it, I was – I got into it through the event side actually. I was uh, – I started autocrossing when I was like 16 basically. Okay. And uh, in, in central Florida, I grew up on the west coast of Florida in St. Pete and Tampa area and um, you know, was working at – Working at Chili's and going to USF and then autocrossing every weekend, um, you know, getting up at three in the morning and driving halfway across Florida and autocrossing. And, um, you know, the magazine was on the east coast of Florida and I started reading with the first, the, you know, the, fir- the first issue basically because we actually yeah, had it was Auto X back then, right? Yeah, it was back when it was Auto X. And we actually had this yep. really killer independent bookstore in St. Pete that, that had the magazine. Cool. And, uh, you know, just from autocrossing in Florida and, 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 knowing the scene and you know from there i kind of got into helping put events on and and doing event chairman stuff um i i met the publisher and his wife tim and margie and and um helped them put on some events and just kind of basically said when they like look i'm frustrated in college you know it's it's fun but i just feel like i'm spinning my wheels and do you guys need somebody to to come in? I'm you know I'm I'm not stupid. I I can I can <laughs> I can finish a sentence in English, and you know, I have I have certain certain skills. And they're like, yeah, I mean, we, you know, worst case, we can try it for the summer, and and that was 25 years ago. So that's cool. Um, you know that was and that was back. We were actually putting on a lot of a lot of events ourselves back then, and and we actually we are again. But that was sort of our first flirtation with. Um, I mean, we, had, we basically had our own sanctioning body, which was CMC, um, mm-hmm. which we were we were doing, uh, you know, a dozen or so kind of national tour level autocrosses around the country, and a lot of street events too, which was which was very cool. Yeah, um, didn't you guys crash some consulier Mosler consulier into each other? Or something? I'm, yeah, I'm actually one of only I two think people I listen uh, in, in in the world, I believe, who who has been involved in a multiple consular collision. Uh, <laughs> I, our, our I listened street, to that our, podcast like a year yeah. ago. That was that was it was in Colorado. It was like Montrose, Colorado, and we had this. I mean, and these street events are awesome. I mean, if, I mean, there's very few of them left. But if you ever get a chance to go to a street a street autocross, especially in, in a little town, it's the coolest thing ever. I mean, and basically, you, you drive through the town, right? You drive through the town, and like a lot of times, like they'll they'll just sort of block off a downtown area, and they'll be like <laughs> like like a town square, and they'll put some cones up. But some of these places, like I mean, these are little these little mountain towns in Colorado. So one block off of downtown is like residential. So like you 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 know go through this downtown street and have a slalom, you turn left. The next thing you know, you're driving by people's yards, and they're out there barbecuing and cheering and throwing. <laughs> That sounds really cool. Balls around. That sounds. Oh, that man, sounds it's really cool. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's the coolest thing ever. But for whatever we we had a course that crossed over itself, which sometimes you can't avoid. But there was another car out there warming up, and I, I went out there to warm up, and we, I, I think we were both driving about seventy five percent. You know, we weren't going crazy; we we're just making sure the course was clear, which it turns out it wasn't. But uh, I mean, <laughs> ju- just this other constantly just t boned me. And uh, I mean, the, the darn things just bounced off of each other. And it, that's a full carbon fiber body with the turbo Chrysler motor, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a complete yeah. carbon fiber monocoque. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, they they weigh nothing. I mean, they're under two thousand pounds, so there's just very little mass there. And um, yeah, I mean, it basically sounded like like you take like two Rubbermaid garbage cans and just bonk them together. It's exactly what it sounded like. And, and we probably came together at. I mean, twenty miles an hour, twenty, twenty, maybe twenty-five miles an hour, just a yeah. solid, solid T-bone. And yeah. I mean, you know, there was some physics involved. You know, we were a little, little shook up, but things just bounced I off each other. 
My my um, my road race CRX would not take that uh, well with another road race CRX. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a, a metal car would have would have yeah. been in destroyed. Yeah. yeah, destroyed. That's so. that's kind of impressive. Uh, what uh, what kind of other stuff have you? You've done a lot of autocrossing, obviously, and uh, but I, I remember a while back reading that you raced uh, like Viper Cup or something. Yeah, yeah I've, I've had a chance to, to do some cool stuff. Um, yeah, I run the twenty five hours at. Uh, at uh, Thunder Hill several times, I was I ran the first um, Mustang Challenge race uh, at Road Atlanta, which the series is now defunct. But it was basically you know a spec um, kind of Continental Cup level Mustangs uh, ran for a couple of years, and then I ran ran the Viper Cup at Sebring a couple of years ago. They had a they had a program for uh, you know special guests and and stuff, and 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 that was. A, a fantastic. I mean, that was so. That was basically Viper, the previous gen Viper ACR X, which was essentially a Viper ACR uh, gutted cage race seat, a little bit more aero um, on slicks, mm-hmm. and um, I think, I think, yeah, I think they were unrestricted as well. So we actually technically had more <laughs> horsepower than the than like the the, the IMSA cars. Um, <laughs> Yeah, a little heavier, obviously, but uh, yeah, and and actually, so yeah, more horsepower and on skinnier tires than than the IMSA. That thing must have been a riot with less downforce. You know, it, Vipers are Vipers are great. The the biggest problem Vipers have, and I, I just got a, got a chance to drive the new ACR, which is amazing. Uh, about three weeks ago at VIR, um, they they all if there's any problem that any of them have, it's that basically the capabilities of the car. Are generally not up to the capabilities of the, the ergonomics. So, like a, a, a factory Viper is great, except the seats are just you know completely un un uh, not in line with with how good the car is. Like you're flapping so, around the interior. Yeah, I mean you, you, yeah. you're just spending so much of your energy trying to hold yourself up. But then you, know, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you throw some good seats in it. You throw you throw a harness in it, and they're amazing. I mean they're. It, I mean, think about it. It's a it's a long car. Yeah, you know, it's a it's a it's a wide car. It's it's a giant Miata essentially. Um, the 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 strangest thing about it is you actually where you sit is um, I mean your butt is right over the rear axle. So is it that far back? You're you're real far. I mean, like like look oh, at wow. a Viper compared to like like a Corvette or something. Yeah, and and you're I mean you're a foot and a half close to the rear axle. So it's like a cage room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when there's any kind of yaw going on, you, you go way with it, and so any any yaw actually feels a little bit more um, more pronounced than it actually is. Yeah, because uh, because you're at the back of the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's you know you figure you're 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 rotating around around those front wheels, so you're actually moving a lot further. You, you know personally than than you would in in like like a you know Corvette or something. So yeah, so every, all the all the cars inputs kind of feel real dramatic. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, but you know once you kind of get used to that, it's it, a well set up car is real predictable and and real capable and and um and pretty easy to drive and and pretty raceable. Um, yeah. What kind of so, stuff have you driven at uh, the twenty five hours of Thunder Hill and stuff? Um, nothing. <laughs> I think I ran that that race six times and finished once. Okay, <laughs> That's a, which was in a Miata. Um, but uh, a couple of Hondas. Um, ran an EG Civic with a factory Honda team one year, which was great car, but you know a lot of sorting issues. Um, ran a nearly bone stock Mitsubishi Galant, uh, or not? No, not, not Galant. Um, Eclipse. 
uh, no, what's the thing they build the Evo out of? Uh, Lancer. Uh, the Lancer, yeah, Lancer, like <laughs> a, a non-Evo Lancer. Really? Um, which was actually, you know, and the thing, it, it was, it was a, a really super easy to drive car. It kept breaking hubs. What kind of cla- it, what class was that in? Dude? It was like with the with the spec Miatas and stuff. Is that like E four maybe? Yeah, it was whatever their their lowest lowest E class. Okay. Is. okay, I've never seen one of those raced. Uh, the, 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 well, there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like, like you, if you set one up just like an Evo, it handles great. Just has no horsepower. Yeah, but the, the hubs are just not not up to to getting getting beat on like that. Um, and uh, what else? Oh, I I drove a this balls out Subaru one year that it it was it was the kind of car where like we we knew going in that it wasn't going to last. Like it was a time attack car. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it just kept literally just blowing holes in the exhaust because uh, <laughs> the thing was just just crazy. But but it was I mean it was fun while it lasted. I think I think everybody got a uh, got a couple laps <laughs> at some point. Yeah. What uh, what, what other wheel to wheel stuff have you done? Um. A little bit of everything. I mean, I, I, we, uh, we were one of the first magazines that actually got a, a neon back in the day. Okay. Um, so I ran uh, ran showroom stock C in, in that neon for a year, and actually cool. that was fun because uh, we got a prototype ACR. It was like the first one they built, mm-hmm. and it was the only one that that had AC because they they basically took a you know a regular neon and built an ACR out of it. Yeah. And so we had uh, you know an AC ACR. Uh, so I drove the thing. It was my daily driver for a year, ran SSC all over central Florida and South Florida and like won the regional, uh, championship and drove the thing to and from every race. That's cool. And, and that was back when you could still like, that was back before you needed race seats to run showroom stock. Um, what did you have for safety in that thing? A cage and a, and a net. And you know, the, it was back before you had to have massive door bars. So you're, yeah. Just like a sill bar, kind of. Yeah, your sidebar is down on the sill. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like not having a cage at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. The only thing was you couldn't get in the back seat. So okay. Who, who cares? Um, but you yeah. still had a full trunk and go to the grocery store with you know with your full cage. <laughs> That's neat. Um, the, the, is the ACR the old ACR? That was the one that came with Coney Yellows from the factory, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and, and that was that was fun. I mean, I, one race I drove home from with a rear bumper cover taped on. Okay. Other than that, thing was rock solid. I mean, it's not too bad. (laughs) Yeah, I went through a couple sets of brake pads, but that was that was about it. What Um, was the furthest away that you drove it uh, to wheel the wheel race it? Oh, I think we went we went down to Moroso a couple times. Okay, which was about four hours. We went to Roebling, which is about four hours. Um, Nice thing being in Central Florida, you know, we've got, of course, Daytona right next door. Um, Sebring's about two and a half hours away. Roebling's about four hours away. Um, Moroso, I mean, we're, Palm Beach International is about three and a half, four hours away. And then Homestead's five. And if you want to even go out past that, Road Atlanta is less than seven, depending on traffic. So that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah we're we're pretty lucky where where we are that we can get to a lot of stuff pretty easily. The uh, uh, as far as autocross stuff, uh, what kind of cars have you uh, seriously autocrossed? I know you played with a three three fifty Z last year in the magazine. Yeah, last year last year had the Z. My my first autocross car um, back in the day was was an MR two, um, and um, my my first the first car that I won a trophy in at nationals was. 
Oh, the Saturn. It was, it was a Saturn SC. Um, back, I, back I heard the, those were pretty popular autocross cars they back were, in the day. Back, back in the day, like when, when they were in the, the class with the rest of the sporty front drive stuff, like they were in the same class as like um, 16 valve Jettas and, uh, you know, Golf GTIs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Awesome car. I mean, you, you basically just, just keep your foot down and steer. And, um, Really, really easy to drive and and just a a good front wheel drive chassis. Um, so yeah, uh, that yeah, um, we see a bunch of those in lemons nowadays. You still yeah, you see a bunch of those Saturns. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if you can if you can keep them running, if you and if you can keep you know the the chassis from rotting away to nothing, yeah, um, that would probably be a decent lemons car. Was yeah, that chassis shared with anything in in Europe at all? Like I know, um, like you know, the one of the last cars that they released at Astro wasn't it like an Opel over yeah, in? Yeah, I, I know the later cars were. I don't think the early car. I, I think, think the, the early stuff was like all Saturn. Like okay. yeah, and I think there were some pieces. Like I think like maybe like the struts were the same from a Cavalier or something. Yeah, I can't believe we're okay. talking about Saturns. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> well, yeah, but it, my the second car I drove in in, in Nationals was uh, was an old Achieva. Oh. Um, was that a quad four? Uh, that was that was not just a quad four. That was a one of sixteen uh, W forty one quad four four twos with a Torsen and uh, AC delete. I think my buddy Mike Taylor. Do you know him? He's a Name lemons sense. racer. Uh, Auto X Mike on most of the forums. I think he has one of those. Uh, he's had a bunch. He's had a, several of those. I think he's got one of those same. Uh, uh, with the torsen and everything in it, uh, riding in his car. He just sold it. He's got a Grand Am Quad Four, and he's got some crazy oh, wow. trans for it. But yeah, uh, yeah these, the Quad Four was a great motor, man. Oh, and that was a, you know the 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 that that car actually was was so ahead of its time. Um, I mean, it was it basically like that thing was it was more like driving a Shelby Mustang than it was like driving an old a front drive Oldsmobile because <laughs> that that motor was just so crazy. And with the torsen and um, you know the the suspension was actually actually pretty decent for a big heavy car. We we got a bunch of stuff. We, we got some takeoff shocks from uh, one of their Firehawk teams at the time, and and ran those. The biggest problem with the car it had these these crazy fourteen by seven inch wheels, which was really wide at the time, but you know, it was only on fourteen, and and we, and we couldn't get anything wider than like a two hundred five size tire on the thing, and and you know still managed to go pretty quick with it, but like. The next year after we, we we moved on after that car, somebody came out the or BFG and Hoosier came out with like their two forty five forty fourteens. Um and, and that th- I mean that car on those tires would have been unstoppable. Yeah. I uh they some people used to run those things uh in in I think ITA back in the day. Um yeah. and uh what, somebody on one of the forums said when they ran, they were like the Nazis through Poland when yeah. they were when they ran. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that uh, yeah. and the the guys that were into that quad four stuff, I mean, there was there was some cool technology going on. That's a, it really is an awesome motor. And one of your GRM one of your GRM challenges right before we came down for a few of them, um, I think somebody put one in a CRX, and I think it was recently for sale. Oh wow! Uh, a first gen CRX had a quad four in it at one point in at one of your challenges. I think I think it was a feature or just a blurb on it, but. Uh, yeah, I, gr- I kind of grassroots motorsports is kind of the reason that I'm into this dumb crap. Uh, <laughs> when, when I was, tw- I think when I was 13, I was on a family vacation, and that's right at the time when you're like don't want to have anything to do with your family. Yeah, 
and uh, we that, stopped at a, that, we stopped that, at a that, mall. Yeah, that doesn't go away, actually. No, so. <laughs> well, it, it got real bad when you're like 13, you know, you're missing your friends because you finally have friends and you like music and your parents like to listen to something else. And they're Trying to check um, all the girls out where you're on vacation, too. Oh, yeah, too, man. And, I, I yeah. had a little girlfriend at home and who I actually am married to now, but... Um, I st- we stopped at a mall, and I was just looking at magazines, and I had been reading Hot Rod since I was, you know, probably eight or ten, and I found a Grassroots because, you know, I never went to a mall, and it wasn't a Grassroots in the Walgreens in town, which is the only place I bought magazines, and I must have read that first one cover to cover like ten times, uh, and it and I, 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 I got a subscription pretty quick after that, but yeah, it's kind of the reason that I uh, don't have a Mustang with a... Thousand horsepower drag <laughs> Now I now I play with a stupid SCCA road race CRX. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and that, you know, the, the, I, actually, that's that's what we're looking for. I mean, that's yeah. the, that, that's not that there's anything wrong with Mustangs. You know, yeah. can make a V8 go real fast at the challenge. But uh, yeah, it, GRM kind of did change the tra- the trajectory of my auto obsession. And it, it's cool that like the world seems to almost be catching up with us a little bit. I mean. You know, uh, ten years ago, did you ever imagine that that Ford, Chrysler, and Chevy would all have walk into a dealership and buy a track car? No, you know, believable Mustang GT350, you know, Viper yeah. ACR, Camaro Z28. Like those cars wouldn't have existed ten years ago, and yep. and now. You know that that's a thing. All of a sudden, yeah. Think of the, the mediocrity that was like in suspensions of everything. Yeah. There was nothing good, you know, ten or fifteen years ago. Really, even even the cars that got good if you just put springs and shocks on them, they were pretty lame from the factory. You know, um, yeah. It's amazing what's coming out now, and maybe it's maybe it's all your fault. <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, we'll 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 take we'll take responsibility for that. That's that's fine. Uh, you, you were just out in uh, Laguna Seca driving the yeah, new Mustang. Weren't that's you? what I was gonna say. Yeah, I don't know if you can yeah. talk much about it. I, there might be. A, no, a, no, no. There's, there's no uh, the the cars. I, actually, I, I've so in the last four weeks, basically, I, I've I've had a chance to drive the the Viper ACR and the Mustang GT350, and you know it. it I, I could never really say one's better than the other because they're 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 both pretty amazing in their own way one thing i will say about about the mustang over the viper is is the vibe the, the mustang literally as it sits in the showroom floor i'm talking about the gt350 r is that the one with the flat plane crank uh yeah it's got the, it's that's got what the i thought plane. yeah so the, so basically there's a gt350 and a gt350 r okay the uh, they both have the same brakes i mean the brakes are just massive uh the r gets stiffer suspension little more arrow no back seat um, it gets all the stuff from the track pack option of the GT350, which is basically a bunch of fluid coolers, um, and it gets uh, its own um, calibration for the uh, stability control and different tires. Okay. So, but I mean, literally, as it sits on the showroom floor, there's nothing. I mean, you, you, you could fine tune some stuff, but there's nothing I would change. Wow. Uh, you know, like the, the the Viper, it's okay. It's awesome, but it it really needs a seat, or at the very least, you know, a, a harness. Mu- the Mustang, like as is, take it to a track. You're gonna have a great time, and yeah, if you put a put a harness in it, it might be better. You might like it more, but it doesn't need, <laughs> doesn't need anything. It's not like sitting there just asking for anything. It's just it, it's the most complete car 
track car I've ever driven from a you know from a manufacturer. And it yep. seems like a bargain too compared to compared to the machinery that you're comparing it with. Sixty five thousand yeah. dollars, and I mean that that sounds like a lot of money. That's, but that's you, what a new suburban costs. Yeah, I mean you will you, you would <laughs> never <That's> less. <laughs> yeah, you you would never ever. Um, be able to duplicate it for that kind of money. Wow! Wow! And cool. and and the thing like like it, it isn't just okay. Here's a high performance Mustang. Like it's full on our compound tire. You know, badass track car. Like it's it's the real deal. Like they the the, the tires are um, on the R. They're uh, Michelin Pilot Pilot uh, Sport Cup Two. Or that's like a forty treadwear or something. Well, what what they actually did it, it the I, I don't know what's actually stamped on the side, but the the, the compounding for the Mustang is a, a completely unique compounding ju- just for that car. So basically, they they brought Michelin out and they they tested against um, a set of Hoosier A sixes, a set of Michelin uh, IMSA slicks, and basically Ford said, okay, we want to go. As fast as these Hoosiers, you know, like like how how close can we can we can we get to these Hoosiers, and still have a street li- legal tire? And um, they, I mean, they they came off close. Basically, they for <laughs> the the Ford guys say they they were able to duplicate lateral grip of the Hoosiers. They give away a little bit of forward and aft grip to, to to the Hoosiers, but as far as like steady state lateral grip, they 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 actually duplicated the the, the A six. That's ridiculous. Um, I wonder how those would be classed. Do you know how long something like that would last? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think they're stamped with with a 160 treadwear, which is completely, you know, just arbitrary. <laughs> Very optimistic. Um, <laughs> just, I mean, okay, so just just to put it in perspective, though, like like at the at the media event, they we were running basically four laps per journalist, and there were. See, there were four cars, and there were about twenty of us in a group. So, each car probably got each car probably got between forty and fifty laps by the end of the day. And you figure, you know, typical group of journalists, half the guys will be pretty good and been pushing it, pushing it pretty well. Um, and then they were out there doing some other filming stuff. And by, by the end of the day, I mean the tires were they had clearly you know, seen better days, but they were not <laughs> worn out by any means. Yeah. That's um, pretty impressive. Though. I mean, I mean yeah, you, you, you couldn't could run easily, an A six that way. Yeah. I, you, you, you could have done another day on those, on those tires and, and, and been okay. After that, you might start to see some, some of the air, the air come through, but, um, <laughs> you know, you, you could easily, one person could easily go run a couple of two, three, four weekends on them probably. You and know, if, but, if you were to buy a car though, like right off the bat, you'd probably, they just need to sell that car with like, Two sets of spare rear tires with it when you buy it. What they need to do is actually. The, I'm, I'm surprised. Here's here's my here's my brilliant idea for uh, for for car companies and tire companies and everybody else that that you need to sell people tire subscriptions <laughs> and 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 not like like you know you can you can buy baby food as a subscription or or you can buy you know oh, yeah, you, yeah. you can you, you can buy like Amazon will we'll, like. 
every six weeks a bunch of toilet paper shows up at your house. That's that's what happens in my house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, so, I would love it if Hoosiers showed up at my house every six weeks. <laughs> yeah. So well, let's, you know, let's well, do it. I don't want to start it. I mean that that might be the way to do it, and maybe Tire Rack should do that. It's like okay, can I, I, if I save twenty percent on the, on these tires over the course of a year. I, I know about what my schedule is going to be, how many I'm, I'm going to have. And from, from like a supply chain standpoint, how many people right now are scrambling around trying to get their tires exactly. for nationals? Yeah. You know? So That's not just, a bad idea, actually. Subscribe. <laughs> don't, don't you know people at Tire Rack you could make that work? With? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really not I, a bad idea. Yeah, talk, talk Woody I, I, into it. I think the only, the only problem would come when somebody comes out with, with a new compound and everybody's yeah, yeah. trying to cancel their subscriptions and make sure they get <laughs> they get the new stuff. No, you just make it a rolling thing to where they automatically. Yeah. Well, I guess if it's with the in the same brand, yeah. then it might work. But but if it was yeah. a different brand that was the new hotness, like the new Bridgestones, from what yeah. I understand, or the, the just street tire kind there. of uh, yeah, the hot street tire segment that that seems to change every six months nowadays. Well, and and it it it, it could be more often. I mean, basically, it, it changes. With one convincing post on one message board somewhere. Whenever Andy Hollis makes it change. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. And 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 even you know, even if you read some of the some of the replies to our tire testing, like like our, our tire testing is something I'm very proud of. Andy does yeah. this incredibly methodical job. Oh, it's by far and, some of the best. Yeah. Yeah, and and but our tire testing does not always match up to who's winning at nationals, which is fine because. I'm, People have different skill levels. People have different proclivities for different kind, kinds of tires. Different you know, chassis like different tires too. Different chassis like 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 different tires. Yep. Whatever, but it doesn't you know because some guy in Packwood, Washington won on a different tire doesn't invalidate our testing. And it, you know it, it, it it's funny to me to see like posts where like like ah Jerem didn't know what they're talking about because you know my buddy. Uh, called me the other day. He said he beat somebody on BFG. He's like, well, maybe your buddy's a really good driver, you know? Yeah, and maybe and, the and, BFG guy is. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 ultimately, you know, when whatever tire you run, and really almost to some extent, you know, if if your car is set up within ninety five percent of everybody else on any given day, the best driver is going to win. Yeah, or the luckiest driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the guy that gets the that runs right before the rain comes, or or whoever had the best day. Yeah, Yeah, you know. But like I I I saw a guy post something the other day on on a board somewhere. Uh, Actually, it was it was on the on 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 uh, Road Race Autocross. Like he wanted to, I think he had an S two thousand, and he wanted to come up with some way to change his intake setup between runs to to maximize airflow for whatever the ambient conditions were changing like if it was 78 degrees on his first run 82 degrees on, on, on his next run and he was changing the length of his intake uh <laughs> like, just go drive it just go drive. yeah like, like there yeah. are so many other things that are going to yeah. affect how fast you go that that you know if, if you're, you're looking way too hard for excuses yeah. at that point I, I pride myself on my prep but i never play with my intake runner length yeah <laughs> Yeah, they, they, it, it can get a little crazy. You, you can lose your mind in this hobby too. Yeah, well, which is actually one, it's one of the fun things about autocross because you have oh, yeah. you have this, this very engineering mindset, and you have you have a lot of very tech savvy people, and um, you know you also have a lot of ego involved. So it's like if if I'm not winning, obviously it's because you know I didn't quite prepare my vehicle enough. You know, not yeah. not that not that my skills might be 
not not as good as somebody else. So. Now, now your your new car, your uh, your little formula car. What's the details on that? Because a lot of our track day buddies might not have heard of those. Yeah, so um, for, Formula Five Hundred is a class. It's, it's it's been around for a long time. Uh, it started out as Formula Four Forty. It's a uh, it's a two stroke uh, snowmobile based um, for, Formula car. Yeah, and it's it's really cool. Like the 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 current motor is a uh, 494 Rotax is the most common. You're also allowed to run a 593 Rotax, which gets a little more complicated um, just because it's a you know like a solid state ignition and there's smaller electrical stuff involved. And there's also a, a, a new rule that allows you to run a 600 cc sport bike motor with a transmission, um, which is really really cool. Although the cars are turning out to be a lot more complicated than. And people initially thought they were going to be, but uh, they sound awesome. <laughs> yeah, I believe it, and, and they look fun. But the the cool thing about the the five hundreds is they're really simple. Um, our suspension, I mean, it's a it's a it's a push rod suspension, uh, a arms in the front, a solid axle in the back. It's a you have to spool chain driven spool axle. Yeah, but uh, your suspension essentially is all based on um, this spec rubber disc and it's a it's a two inch diameter one inch thick um rubber disc and you can do anything you want with that disc but ultimately that that disc is what controls all of your suspension motion so um on my car for example it the the discs are actually in these things that look like shock absorbers and there's uh little pistons in there that, that squish the discs and they're actually cone-shaped pistons, so the further they squish into, into the disc, the more resistance the, the disc gives. Um, That's what those big round tube things are? Yeah. Because I've seen pictures of these things, and I've thought, what are those, like homemade shocks? Right. Yeah, So and it actually acts, you know, so that basically takes the place of your shock and, and really? your spring. Yeah, oh and, and if, if you look at some of the different designs, like there's there's a lot of different ways that people use, like some of the, some of the manufacturers use the discs, um, like they'll they'll they instead of using a compression uh method they they'll use like a twist method okay. where where they have you know bell cranks and, and arms go into these discs and as the suspension articulates it twists the rubber instead of compressing it or or deflecting it somewhere mm-hmm. um so there's a lot you can do with them but ultimately that's what you get you get and to then play with a rubber disc yeah, and then of course, like anything, you know, you you, let, you set racers loose on anything, and they start oh, arguing yeah. about, well, oh, look at the best rubber disc is, you know, uh, an eighty shore hardness polyurethane disc. Well, no, 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 the best rubber disc you use, uh, half of it is a gym mat that you get at Target, and the other <laughs> half is, you know, a, a floor mat from from a seventy eight Ford F one fifty, you know, cut this way, and like, like and. So you got guys that have like these progressive different types of hardness in there and then, and then different types of things to squeeze them. And, and so, yeah, there is a lot of technology there, but so like it's not even, it's not a spec disc, huh? It's it, the, the size is spec and it, it has to be, um, it, it can't be, one inch, huh? yeah, it can't, can't be solid essentially. So you can't use like a hockey puck. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think there's, there's a, there's an upper and a lower hardness, um, standard for it, but, okay. um, you know the the most common one is a it, it's about a you know it's it's not as hard as a skateboard wheel but it it it's it's uh like harder than a, a rubber floor mat. That's, uh, a, say, so. that's fascinating. I had no idea that that's what those cars used. Yeah, wow. and 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 you can actually get quite a bit of. I mean, my front suspension will articulate 
through about three, three and a half inches. Wow. Um, and, and my rear doesn't, but there's other reasons for that. And we, we got the rear lockdown pretty tight to kind of keep it from doing anything. Um, so do some, do some people play with axle like thicknesses they, where the axle can flex and stuff? Or? Yeah. Um, some of the cars will, will they'll actually, uh, the, well, the, the, there's two basic, basic designs. Some of the older cars actually had the, the whole engine cradle, uh, could, could move with, with the rear axle. Um, and that was a pretty old design, but the, the cool thing about those cars was they were really crazy light. Um, so yeah. you could, I mean, and those, you know, most of them are, are, are going to be ballasted, but you can put the ballast exactly where you want it. Okay. Um, and, and then, and yeah, you can, you can kind of play with that, that flex in, in between the, uh, the engine crate, cause the whole car essentially flexes at that point because the, yeah. the, you know, the rear axle is flexing independent of the, of, of the whole, the whole front of the car. So, uh, those, those have some options, but yeah, I mean, mo- mostly it's, um, just sort of adjusting the preload on the discs and, and really you, your main spring action is coming from tire pressure. Okay. Cause you're only running, you know, between say like nine and 13 pounds of tire pressure. So there's, there's a, a, a pound of tire pressure makes a huge difference. Oh yeah. That's a huge um, percentage. Yeah. Um, so, so that's where most, most of your spring is coming from. What's your, what's your race weight on that thing? Uh, mine's, he- I'm, I'm heavy cause I'm a big dude to begin with. And then my car is heavy. So I'm like close to 900 pounds in our, it's funny to think well, of 900 but, pounds yeah, race I'm, weight I'm, being heavy. Yeah, I'm a hundred pounds heavy basically. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, uh, most, like, there's not a lot of guys making, well, I think minimum race weight for a, for a 494 car is 800. Okay. And mo- most of the cars are, are like 840, 850. It's, it's, it's hard to get, to get a modern car super light. I mean, unless you're like, like, I mean, it, it would take like a, a 120 pound driver to, to make weight in my car. Yeah. Um, which is, which is tough. But like some of yeah, the older freaking cars. Freaking jockey, they, man. Yeah, some of the older cars are just built from like twigs and sticks, and and yeah. and th- those are easy. So over over the winter, you know, we're gonna try and strip some weight out of the car a little bit and and do what we can. But um, as far as uh, I, those those things, once in a while you see a road race class. If a weekend gets a couple of them, I see them on on track. Is it basically the same car? Yeah, essentially the same the same cars. Um, you know, it's a, it's a CVT transmission. Yeah, they sound like snowmobiles. They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which takes some getting used to because like you're, you're used to kind of driving with that butt dyno and, and yeah, like, it's okay, really weird. You know, you know, okay. When I was coming out of that corner, I was at 70, 100, 100 RPM that time. Well, like you're always at 8,400 RPM. So. Yeah. Yeah, the, <laughs> the last time I saw him was at, at mid Ohio, I think last year, I don't think any of them were at it fest this year, but uh, yeah, they come out of turn one and I was standing up by the bridge and they just accelerate and it's just blah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so weird. Yeah. And it's, 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 it takes a while inside the car to kind of get your head around the fact I, that like, I imagine, yeah. Oh, it's always going to sound exactly the same no matter what I'm doing. So I just That's have to so kind of keep pushing it. But um yeah, so the big difference between a road race car and an autocross car obviously is is going to be your final drive. Um yeah, yeah. you know, the, those guys run like anywhere from like a 380 to a 420, 450 final drive. I run like a 525. Yeah. Um and then you, all of the technology in them for going fast basically is in the clutch. Okay. Um, you know, that's, that's where everything is. And, and there's a couple guys that do the clutch setup and, and essentially you, you just go buy their stuff and it's awesome. Yeah. Um, and you, you can learn how those clutches work, but, 
you know, you can learn how black holes work too, and they still make about as much sense. Um, is, uh, is that a liquid clutch that's like cooled with the fluid, or is no? It... It's uh, it's a it's spring operated, and uh, there's there's ramps. So basically, like as okay. as it spins, the weights fling out and drive yep. these ramps apart, and so yeah, you know, the front the front gear it drives together, and the rear gear it drives apart. Yeah, um, and and all the tuning is basically in. How quickly they 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 engage, or, or or actually actually the the real secret is is how how they disengage. So basically, when you back off for a corner, um, you you don't want complete disengagement. Otherwise, when you get back to the throttle, you have this like sudden and uncontrollable torque application to the rear wheels. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so you actually want to control what they call the back shifting a little a little bit better, and so you're actually able to kind of control uh, control throttle application through a corner and okay. you know, once once you, you you find a find a clutch that lets you do that like transforms the car um, is there is there a differential on that thing too or no no it's, it's just a spool okay yeah. so you're basically you're playing with the uh, axle yeah you're just playing with like the drive uh the driving of the chain pretty much yeah yeah okay and the other cool thing you know with, with an autocross car versus a road race car is most of the road race cars are are pretty seriously tuned for aero because you know it's a, it's yeah. a low horsepower formula car. So like they're like you're laying flat on your back, like you're in a soapbox derby car practically, and yep. um, you know that that that's so bad for an autocross because you you, know, you got to have some some leverage on the wheel and be able to 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 get some get some force in into the wheel. So um, the cool thing about you know a modified class is like you just cut it and weld weld it up how you yeah. want it basically so you know i i transform my car from you know a lay down car to a basically a sit up car um so i could actually get some get some leverage into the wheel and you know move move the wheel way up so so it's you know not down in my lap it's up in my yeah. chest and and the uh i just read your article on uh on when you made a seat uh here you made your seat insert um, the, uh, so before the, the car, you'd like actually laid, it was a road race, like lay down kind of style, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, basically like, <laughs> well, we, we, we took it out, but, uh, you, you essentially laid right on top of the fuel cell. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> like, like this wedge shaped fuel cell that was like under, under your back. Yeah. Um, so we, we took that out and put a, uh, just a little two, two gallon go-kart tank in it. Okay. Now, what class are you actually autocrossing this uh, uh, it's, thing it's, in? It's F modified. That's what is, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, it's it's all five hundreds, and uh, uh, the they move the solo V's out, but it, yeah, so it's all five hundreds, and occasionally you'll see uh, uh, Legends cars and like Baby Grands yeah, are yeah. in there too. In fact, I think I think there's a guy in a Legends car registered for nationals, which which should That's be cool. Fun. Yeah, I've always liked those little things. Yeah, but it's you know. I've 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 never autocrossed a mod car before, and and this thing like it, it is so easy to drive. I was that's the thing that surprised me the most is once you once you kind of get used to the view, um, yeah. you know the fact that you're looking like like essentially you're almost eye level with the top of the cones. Um, the actual driving and control of the car is phenomenally easy. I mean, you, you figure you got four big eight inch wide contact patches and nine hundred pounds. So it's it's all tire. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> that so, would be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. So 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 once you once you kind of you know get get used to the the speeds being faster and 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 just you know the general sort of dynamic envelope of the car, it's 
it's really pretty pretty darn easy to drive. Um, How's the acceleration on that? How does it actually? Uh, how uh, quick does it feel? Quick. I I I I think. I want to say zero to sixty is probably somewhere in the in the low to mid fours. That's pretty fast. Yeah, not bad. yeah. I mean it, it gets out of the way pretty pretty darn quick. That's faster than anything Austin and I drive. Yeah, I mean I, I've I've got a my driveway is about one hundred and forty yards long. Um, and he does and, zero to uh, sixty and back yeah, to zero and, in that in oh, that oh, distance. Easily. Yeah, I mean it's 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 just long enough to like <laughs> it's funny. So we have. We, it's great for setting up setting up clutches and and um, you know just kind of making sure everything's working because I can do you know a hard drag race start and, and stay in it for a while and we have the, we have this donkey next door we're kind of out in the <laughs> you know, semi rural area and there's this donkey next door like a real and, donkey uh, or an yeah every, yeah, you know, no, like... no, I, yeah an actual actual <laughs> donkey and uh, oh my god so you know I'll go I'll go hauling ass by 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 him and the first couple of times like he's, he's kind of He's a little stand up because the car's noisy. And like by the second or third time I go by, he's like national velvet, man. He's like galloping alongside, <laughs> you know, just uh, thinking he's like the coolest donkey in town. And, he is uh, the coolest donkey in town. He yeah. might be the only donkey in town. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would like anybody thinking about getting, like, if, if you want to sort of take that next step in autocrossing, um, boy, this is, the, the cars are cheap. They're they're fast. I mean, it's you know, at most local events, this it's it's an FTD car. Oh, fastest um, time. Huh? Yeah, I mean, uh, how how is it on consumables and like tires and like what do y'all have to regularly uh, maintain? I mean, you'll you'll heat cycle a set of tires long before you'll ever ever yeah. wear one. I mean, and there's only really one tire. It's a you know, it's a Hoosier R25 B, and um, I mean, I still have a set of tires that came with the car that I use for just kind of you know pushing it around the garage and and setting it up on. Um, but a set of tires is like seven hundred bucks for a brand new set of tires, and yeah. literally they'll—I mean—they'll last all season if you don't mind going slow the last few events. Um, and if you take care of them, they'll be fast for for ten or twelve events. That's cool, man. Um, and you know, he runs race fuel, but I mean, so what? You're going to go through a couple of maybe a gallon or two at a t- typical event, and. Two stroke oil and other than that, you know, keep keep the stuff clean. And there's not, I mean, I doubt I'll ever put a set of brake pads in it. Um, That's awesome. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you need much of a tow rig either. No, I mean, I, I put it on uh, like a lawnmower I, trailer. I, I tow it with a well. I, I just bought a a new uh, a new van a couple weeks ago that I haven't actually driven yet because it's still at the dealership because they they broke the windshield putting the backup camera in. Oh, that's a whole what, other story. What'd but, you buy? Uh, so I I bought oh god this oh all right. Did you buy uh, one of those new Ford things? No, kind of. So they, I saw they dropped, you, I saw a Facebook post about yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> they they drop off press cars every week, and um, so three times in in my life I've gotten stung by like oh they I gotta have one of these and. The first time it was the Mazda Speed Three, and uh, the second time it was the Volt, and this time it was um, the dot or the sorry Ram Promaster City Wagon. Oh, nice! <laughs> yeah, so which is actually a rebadged Fiat with a with a Dodge motor in it. And, it's a two point four liter, right? Yeah, yeah and, I know, I know t- too much about those. <laughs> it, it tows two thousand pounds. I mean, the thing drives phenomenal, and I mean, they drop this thing off at two o'clock. By four o'clock, I was texting my wife, going like. Oh my god! I, I gotta have this thing, and I, I emailed Dodge the next day, like, "Hey, can you give me a deal on on this?" Because the one that they they 
in the press fleet was exactly as I would order one. And they, that one was going to the crusher or something. And they couldn't sell me that one, but they gave me some info to take to the dealer and like, Hey, tell the dealer this. And here's what the invoice <laughs> price is. And so they ended up, you know, pointing me towards a, a, a deal on it. And by Monday I signed the paperwork. So. Wow. Yeah. It's funny. I, I was watching a video of one this week, uh, towing like an off road trailer up a mountain pass out in Colorado. Um, there's a, uh, YouTube channel that that uses that certain mountain pass to test all their trucks and everything oh, towing, cool. and they use that because they had one just recently, and that thing did it like a champ. Yeah, said, yeah, and it's still even towing that going uphill. It's still got like eight point four miles to the gallon, where all the other big trucks, when they're towing larger loads, obviously only get like like three. Yeah, we got the 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 press car we had for a week averaged twenty eight miles a gallon. Wow. That's really, so that was, <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. How how is that thing on the highway? It's not like screaming at fifty. No, it's now. it's. I mean, it's got like a nine speed transmission. Oh my gosh! So it just just kind of lopes along. But yeah, I mean, the, the dealership was great, and then I went and bought it. The only thing it didn't have was the backup camera, which I wanted. So I was like, ah, okay, you know, for this much more, we can put one in. It's an aftermarket one. It you know goes to the mirror. But yeah, okay, that's that's fine. Whatever. So they they broke the windshield, pulling the old mirror out. And um, they couldn't find a windshield for it, and so they called. They called me last week and said, "Well, you know, we're we're going to do something you hardly ever do. We're going to put in a request to pull a windshield off of the production line." I said, "Well, that's great, but you understand that the production line is in Turkey, and uh, and I need gosh. this thing next week." Yeah, so <laughs> she said, "Oh, I didn't know that." Did you get the like, the wagon version that has the back seat? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So are you going to be driving a car with a broken windshield to solo nationals? No, I'm I'm taking our our Chevy uh, Colorado long oh, okay. long termer, um, which yeah. which I was planning on taking anyway because yeah, you know, whenever we can drive somebody else's stuff, it's something I'm not making a payment on. <laughs> yeah, you're not putting miles on your payment. <laughs> yeah, it's that's okay by me. And and actually, that the call the Colorado is, I mean, we we towed the Camaro up to VIR for UTCC. Uh, in this new V6 Colorado and got like just under 17 miles a gallon. That's not wow. bad. Camaros are heavy too. What's the total rating on that? Yeah, it, it's rated at 7,000. Holy cow. Yeah, and you, so you figure Camaro's 4,000 plus 1,300 for a trailer plus yeah, you know, a bunch out. of stuff in it. So it was close to maxed out. And, um, you know, the transmission hunts around a little bit, but I th- you think tows like a, like a, like a V8. Man, now, the world is passing me by. I'm still yeah. tolling with dualies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, now if I lived in Colorado or something, I don't know that that would be my my first choice. But yeah, I live in a place. I, I live a long way from any kind of real mountain pass. Yeah, so that's uh, a lot. A couple of years ago, we were towing. Uh, me and my, me and our buddy Brad Adams were towing uh, two cars on my flatbed trailer out to VIR for NS Expo. I was instructing. He was driving, and uh, we were going down one of the big mountain passes. And I looked down at my speedometer because I was just I threw it in neutral, and I'm just driving. It was a five speed. It's a five speed manual. Uh, F-350, and I looked down, and we're going 95 miles an hour oh with God. two cars behind us, and I thought, oh, this is bad. That's like top speed in the CRX. Yeah, yeah it's just about, yeah. But luckily, that, it was, you know, big big brakes in a dually, and I just, uh, it's the truck that I did my Cummins swap into a while back. It it did fine at 95. <laughs> is that uh, Brad, Brad Adams from, uh, from from New Orleans, Brad, Brad Adams? Uh, no, not the, not the uh, what is yeah. he, ra- he races World Challenge, I yeah. think. 
Yeah. No, this is, this is uh, Brad Adams from Indianapolis with the oh, Alabama okay. accent. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he's a track day buddy of ours, and he he and I just uh, caged up his EG C- uh, CRX, and now he's uh, racing Honda Challenge H2 in the middle. Oh, very cool. So, yeah, he'll probably be on the podcast next week because we're going to do a bunch of shows from ITR Expo and uh, at Gingerman next weekend. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, you'll hear a bunch of live shows if you want to listen to the uh, the podcast in the future. <laughs> like, the live shows always get a little wild. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was actually, um, when I was out in California last week, uh, a good friend of my wife from high school works at Pixar. So she invited me up to take, take a tour there, and, and uh, which was amazing, by the way. I believe but, it. What was cool is he pulled into their parking lot, and I I have not in is in the Pixar parking lot. I counted at least six NSXs. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah, really? Yeah, and those I mean, and, and you know, chances are there were there were more there somewhere, and and most of them like a couple of them maybe had wheels or something, but like there was, none of them real done up. Like most of them pretty clean, pretty stock, and. And uh, pretty pretty well cared for. Um, couple what of them. Are, they're such awesome cars, man. Yeah. Just out of the box, they're so good. So yeah, definitely uh, some some folks there with some appreciation for. Them. Yeah, <laughs> where, where is Pixar? What part of California? Is uh, Pixar is in Emeryville, which is basically right next to Berkeley. And that's down. That's on the south side, right? Or on the north side, right? Yeah, so it's California. It's, yeah, nor, yeah, north north of Oakland, uh, northeast of yeah. you know, right right across the bay from San Francisco. Yeah, well, my student from NS Expo in 2013 lives in San Francisco, so I don't know what he I don't know what he does nowadays. So I don't Did he drive the car Pixar, all the way out? Yeah. Did he drive I, the car? I, I don't, all I don't know way? how. Anybody that actually lives in San Francisco, they they oh, do something, so man, because that is that is just crazy out I there. I think he, he actually lives in Monterey. Which is even nicer, oh but probably a little cheaper uh, values per uh, per square footage. But yeah, yeah. The the uh, yeah, NS is a cool event. There's uh, it's it's kind of nice to instruct cars that uh, are that good, and you don't really have to worry about them. I had two students and uh, uh, per day, and those are fun cars, man. They're really fun cars. Uh, just you don't you never see them anymore either, though. But. Yeah, I I actually. Um uh, went to the. I, I, I remember going to the the press lead for. It, it was basically it was when they put the the three point two in, in the NSX, but it was it was also the the national intro for the Integra Type R. Oh yeah, and yeah. and uh, it was down at Homestead, and it was it was it was pouring rain, and uh, you know, usually at these at these press things, like it it's kind of like. A small group of people, and here's some cars, and go out and run some run some laps, and it's it's pretty mellow. Like it's it's a it's a pretty mellow track day, but you know the the sort of unspoken rule is like you know you're gonna go out there and you're gonna go nine tenths, and um, you're not gonna do anything stupid because here's a brand new car, and you know you're you're not here like there's there's no Formula One scouts in the audience, yeah. Um, and so it started pouring rain and. You know, I like driving in the rain, so I was asking these guys, "Hey, do you mind if I take take some cars out?" And so they're like, "Yeah, fine, go ahead." So I'm out there, you know, bombing around this Type R, which was amazing in the rain, and the NSX, fun, but not quite so good in the rain. Um, but uh, and I forget who he was or where he was from, but guy goes out in the NSX and comes comes down off of Turn One in uh, at, at Homestead, which is very much like Daytona, where you, you've got you come off the banking and you go into a you know 180 degree turn into the infield yep. except yep. off the outside of turn 1 at Homestead is 
you know, about 250 yards of grass before he hit, hit the tire wall. Well, it was 250 yards of swamp because it was pouring rain. <laughs> so this guy comes off clearly too fast, flies off into the, into the, the water, sliding sideways, skipping across the top of the water and kicking up this massive rooster tail and, uh, finally comes to rest. And, and, you know, the thing is up to the sills on, <laughs> on the ground in, in water and they, they tow it back in. Well, punchline of the whole thing is didn't you know, car never hit anything but uh, he had the windows open and the i mean the entire inside <laughs> oh, of this geez. brand new nsx was just swamped i mean i covered I, mud <laughs> just yeah and i mean like you could just write your name on the seats oh that's disgusting and uh oh god it was it was so awful oh, and it smelled, <laughs> smelled horrible too yeah oh, so man. yeah that was that was unfortunate <laughs> um it's not a good day yeah. Someone, someone's driving that car around out there yeah, somewhere they, right now. Somebody got a fantastic <laughs> Someone, deal, deal yeah. on that car. It, it only had 150 miles on it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're underwater as soon as you buy it, literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the rain track day thing is always it's always that thing where you get out on track and you and you wonder I wonder if I can sneak the windows up and they'll notice. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I, I I like the rain a lot because I I grew up racing in Florida so. You know, it's just something you have to get used to, and yeah. um, and it's 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 fun. The first like pro pro racing school I ever did was a barber school down in South Florida, and it poured rain for three days, and wow. it was probably the best thing I've I've ever done. How, you know? how many you've done? A, you've done multiple uh, racing schools. Yeah, I've done I've done a few. I've done I've done barber. I've done uh, uh, the, the, actually the the one that was my favorite doesn't exist anymore, which was. Uh, Derek Daly school in, in Vegas. Um, he, uh, he, I mean, it was, I think it was the kind of thing where he was so good he couldn't afford to keep it open. <laughs> but, but they had, they had great instruction. You know, it was, it was a great process going, going through it. Um, I mean, really, there, there, there's no bad schools out there right now. You just kind of find one that, that, that suits your needs. Cause, cause ultimately, like the instructors, they're, I mean, they're going to be working at, Barber one week and Bondurant the next week, and you yeah. know it, it, it's like any other industry where you have these guys in the industry that are kind of in, I, know, I hate to use the word vagabonds, but you know that they're going to be working for whoever's whoever's paying them, and yeah, they're trying they're, to make money playing with cars, yeah, exactly, and they're all they're all great instructors, but uh, you, you know you're going to see the same the same faces at very various places, and and ultimately they're all trying. You know, they're all teaching the basic physics of driving a race car, and physics yep. is physics. Um, so, have you seen a lot of change uh, since you've been kind of following the uh, the track day slash racing slash autocross thing? Have you seen a lot of uh, change in the hobby in the last like ten or fifteen years as track days get more and more popular? Well, yeah, I mean, and certainly the, the like the, this track night in America thing is the 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 latest and and, and greatest example of that. But I mean. Ten years ago, how much harder was it to get on track? Anyway, oh, so much harder. Yeah, you know, there there was a track day scene, but it was it was almost underground. I mean, it was in the Midwest like 10, eleven years ago when we started doing our events, the West Michigan Honda Meet, and now we do the Grid Life events. The, uh, the like there was nothing. There was like yeah. one group once in a while in the Midwest. But. Yeah, so just the the, you know, the accessibility is just unprecedented today for what it's what it's ever been, and and not just the, and. Along with the accessibility getting better, cars are getting amazing too. I mean, yeah. we, we have all these great cars, and we and at the same time we have all this great, great, great accessibility. So that's that's been the big thing. I mean, you, you know, it's it, it's getting 
to be almost where like like in Europe where you can just you know generally drive up to a track and and take a few laps because they're they're going to be open on on that day. Yeah. Um. It it it's really kind of getting getting to that point now. And and ha- I, have you seen it like uh, you know since track day stuff is kind of one of the more popular aspects for beginners especially. Have you seen it hurt the autocross scene at all, or does it seem pretty strong? No. To you? you know, I I don't really think so. I mean, I I I think. I think anything that's that's good for any of these sports is is good for all of these sports because ultimately it's it's more people involved in in doing car stuff. Yep. I mean, our our local autocrosses still pull 140, 150 people sometimes. Awesome, awesome. So you know we we still get great numbers. I I think I think you'll see ebbs and flows on a on a, a regional basis. Um, but I think I think overall, uh, th- as as one part of the scene improves, it just improves the the whole scene itself. I mean, you know, when it, it, Nirvana being successful was was also good for every, everybody else in Seattle too. Yeah, you know? it do, it does seem like the younger crowd is starting to get into club racing and NASA and SECA now too. Um, yeah, that stuff kind of kind of really got hurt when the economy really crashed and yeah. Uh, even the last like three years, there's been a lot of younger guys, uh, myself included, getting into the SCCA and NASA stuff around here in the Midwest. So it is still tricky, and I think this will change eventually. But it is still tricky to like. There's almost not really a clear path. Like you're you're either going to be doing sort of an autocross path, yep. or a road race path, and yep. and it's it's tough to make that jump from autocross to like you would think it would be easier, but there's not really a lot of classes that cross over. Um, yeah, and, there's there's no good place for me to run my STL CRX. Like, yeah, it, it, there really isn't. I would love to really have more time to play with it, and a nice little afternoon autocross sounds fun. <laughs> so. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, even like like NASA's NASA's great, but but NASA needs to do some work on on their classing too a little bit because you know some of their performance touring classes is it's really really hard to explain. To, to a newcomer and yeah. uh, like yeah. it, it, it's a great way and a great fair way to class cars but it's a very difficult way to to sell a sanctioning body to a new customer yeah, yeah. um you know well, i see two crx's out there why are they in different classes well because one guy has got you know this treadwear tires and his cage is welded in but that guy's cage is bolted in and you know <laughs> i usually so, i usually it, ask it, if people have played forza before and i explain yeah, it that way exactly <laughs> Yeah, the it, it the road race thing is kind of still even nowadays when the barrier to entry is lower because of uh, the lemons and the chump car and World Racing League and all that stuff um, to get in wheel to wheel. It's it, it still seems to be like people look at it like, oh, I got to buy a, a real suit, a multi layer suit. You know, like there's so many little steps for people to jump over yeah. that it. No, you know. Now going back to the uh, to the racing school thing, I know back in the day you kind of had to go to a racing school to be able to even drive on track. You know, because there really weren't a whole lot of track day companies around. Um, what do you think, or when do you think the proper time is now for for somebody? To go to a racing school, you know, being that they can well, go do a track day and get some seat time, when's the right time? I, 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 that, that the answer to that is directly dependent on on their attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, the the right time, maybe never, if you can, if 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 you feel like you can progress without having 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 that in in, in your resume, and, and and there's there's some great instructors at track days too. Right. Um, but he, the, the way I see it is it, it's a, 
it's a it's a different way to learn to learn the same stuff. And and if 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 you're somebody that that learns in a more structured environment like that, yeah, racing school is absolutely the best way to go. If 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 you're somebody that learns better in a one-on-one thing, you know, maybe a track day and coaching approach is better for you. So it it really just kind of kind of depends on on how you learn what what your approach is to something and and it re- really depends on how how honest can you be with yourself um about knowing your own limits and not ever exceeding your 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 limits and putting yourself and other people in danger. Right. The reason I ask, you know, I've I see posts occasionally with people asking like, "Hey, what racing school should I go to?" and they don't have any track experience at all right. and and don't even know that they can get on track at a track day, you know. So they they have it in their head that they have to go to racing school. They look at us out there on track and think all of us have been to some sort of racing school. So that that's kind of the the reason that I asked too. Um, yeah, and and I even for a guy like that, I think the answer is like, "Okay, you you what's your goal is is your goal that you want to go racing um or is your goal that you just want to drive on track well you know what if you can if you can go to a track day and you can you can act like a grown up and and not go out and go 14 tenths in your in your yeah. in your first session and think that there's going to be you know imsa scouts in the in the audience <laughs> at a at a track night in america somewhere you know that that's a good approach for you but but if you if you need that structure and 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 you need a little bit of of uh, of assistance with your own self control, you know maybe starting out at a, at a at a pro school is a better idea. That is the hardest thing, um, you know. Speaking from uh, a guy who organizes events and runs the on track portion of our events, basically is keeping people from thinking they're you know thinking they're some sort of hero to no one out there, and all yeah. they do is find the tire wall, you know. Um, it, it, it's a hard, it's a hard thing in your first event to, unless you've got a really good instructor in the car with you it, to, to really keep somebody, especially nowadays when the cars are so good, yes. um, to keep somebody, you know, where they should be and rather, rather than just driving into the wall. Yeah. But, and uh, you know, ultimately look, there, there, there's what in the entire world, there's 500 professional race car drivers that maybe maybe you know i mean there's probably as many astronauts as there are professional race car drivers <laughs> yeah well I mean, and they're probably making a lot more money too <laughs> yeah i mean how many what there's the, when, when the nfl season starts there's going to be what 1600 nfl level pro football players in the u.s so essentially you, you have a better chance of making an nfl roster than you, than you do of being a professional race car driver yeah um so yeah it's just you know no, nah, nah, there's there's plenty of other ways to get paid for being in and around the racing lifestyle, like doing podcasts. Yeah, exactly. Or <laughs> Wait, we're getting paid off. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you get to be around it. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> or or being an instructor or being a journalist. You know, there, there's 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 ways to cheat the system. Um, so, but yeah, the you know the the dream of becoming a professional race car driver is. It's pretty unrealistic, and and once you real, and you know what, it doesn't really impress girls all that much, ultimately either. So, <laughs> yeah, it 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 really is. Uh, if you find a good event, it really is a great. It's a great way just to to start, as far as just go to a track yeah. day and have some fun. But yeah, um, yeah it, but about ten days in, I thought, man, I wish I had the money to go to Skip Barber. Oh man, that'd be so great. Or the Mid Ohio School. Yeah. Um, and and I was always so broke when I got started, and I'm still sort of broke, but. The, uh, yeah, I never did that. But you, you, you also have to know, like you said, you have to kind of be honest with yourself and see your shortcomings, and then 
try to work on one thing at a time. And yeah. well, and, and 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 the cool thing about the school is like generally, if you go to a multi day school, like it's that's three intensive days of nothing but driving. Yeah, and 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 if you're somebody that that you know that learns well like that, you know that's better than three weekends of, of, of doing the same thing. But, um, you know, a lot can be gained by asking around and, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of good instructors out there and, yeah, there and there, there's a lot of guys who will, who will write seat with you for, for very, very reasonable fees. And, and, uh, if you're willing to listen, um, you know, there's, there's a lot, a lot to be, to be learned there. Um, as far as, uh, uh, the, the, the magazine goes, um, what uh, what kind of stuff do you guys got coming up pretty soon? As far as events, um, we, well, we got the challenge coming up in, in October. Yep. Uh, that that's obviously our, our our last sort of big event for the year. We, you know, we'll be at SEMA and PRI, trying to trying to trying to earn a living. Um, and uh, got, you know, next year is looking like it's going to be pretty similar. You know, we, we've got the we got the media. Well. Daytona is sold out already, but uh, everybody's welcome to come to Daytona and hang out with us. Just uh, our GRM tickets are sold out for Daytona. Yeah. Um, after that, the MIDI and the Orange Blossom Tour, which is kind of more of a classic thing. Um, the, the tours are actually going pretty well for us. Uh, the you know it's 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 small and it's and it's and it's nichey, but it, it it that's actually been a been a neat way for us to, to do some networking and 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 help our partners out a lot and um you know keep keep our advertisers happy um so those and we're and we're finding ways to sort of take the some of our more high-end tours and make them more accessible like like we do these uh mini tours before the midi where where i mean i oh, think yeah, they're, yeah. they're all they're free if not like they're they're cheap and i think you get lunch maybe but i, th- I think they're actually just free some more like like we we do a tour from uh uh coker tire in in chattanooga down down to the midi and i think we're going to be doing a couple more of those next year where we start from a couple different spots and, and drive drive to the midi um so you know more more stuff like that i think is, is in, in the future for next year and obviously all, all all the stuff we're doing doing right now we're we're actually this, this is a hundred a hundred thousand miles from being official, but we're sort of in the <laughs> in the uh, the research stages about maybe doing a GRM trip to the Nurburgring at some point. Oh, oh that'd wow. be really cool! Um, and I don't know whether that would be for sixteen or even even seventeen, but um, so the GRM would, editors really got to hanker to drive the uh, the Nurburgring, and they got to figure out a way to get there. <laughs> well, no, I you know I, I I raced there back in May at the at, yeah. uh, in the RCN series and. Yeah. Um, you know, it was I, one, that was the one thing I meant to ask you about. <laughs> uh, if we got time, how was that? <laughs> uh, you know, it, 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 it's 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 hard to even put that into words because it was so amazing. Like, like I wrote the first draft of the story, and it came in at like six thousand words, um, just just because like there was just this incredible outpouring of of thoughts you know, coming out of my head. It was one of those things that I it was like I've been going over there for years, going twenty four hours just as a as a fan and uh you know as a, as a journalist and you know obviously I get a little bit better access um than just buying tickets but you know and I've got a, a lot of time there um doing just doing laps in street cars and 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 press events and stuff but it was never really on my list on my bucket list to race there cuz I never really thought it was something that I'd ever have have access to do and uh started talking to a friend of ours Rob Holland who 
actually, you know, is involved in a company that their specialty is bringing Americans over there and helping them go racing. And, in, and ultimately, like, it's really affordable and really pretty easy. Like, for, for what you would pay to rent a good spec Miata for an SCCA weekend, you can run uh, an RCN event at the Nurburgring. Wow. Like, uh, wow. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, it, 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 now, I mean, there are some things that really, really surprise you and, and bite you cost-wise, but, at, at, like, the, the entry fees are crazy, but the actual renting of a car is very cheap. So, um, but, yeah, the, the, the actual competition was amazing. The, the way the RCN is set up, it's actually more of a, of a, of a like a NASA time trial almost, where it's um, open passing, but you're running for time. Hmm. Oh, okay. Um, and but instead of being best lap, uh, you're running for ag- aggregate time. So, oh, really? Okay. Like you end up getting like, I think the event is like like based on like 14 laps, um, which is still you know it's a couple hours. And uh, there's got that's so weird to think that 14 laps is. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and there's there's got to be a pit stop in there. So like you're you're allowed a certain window for your pit stop laps where like you have to do your, your pit stop laps in like 20 minutes, which, you know, gives you time for like a 10 minute pit stop basically. Yeah. Um, and then the rest of your laps, like you've got like this aggregate time. It's, it's, it sounds way more complicated than it is, but basically like over 14 laps, like you're like, like 10, the aggregate of like 10 of those laps count for your ultimate score. Okay. Um, but uh it's yeah i mean it's it's amazing like like you just if you've ever run like on on a modern gaming system the the nurburgring over there they're actually the the sims are actually really accurate as far as like the rhythm and and flow of the track like it that, that, that's it's a great way to learn the track like on on gran turismo 5 or 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 forza or whatever but the the thing that you you will never get from those games is uh, one, just how incredibly narrow it is in some spots. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it looks like it's about twenty feet wide in some spots. It's it's, it's like dry, It's like it's like being in your driveway. Oh jeez, um, which and, you're used to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For you, that's <laughs> and, not a problem. <laughs> and how how bumpy it is. Um, I mean, the the front straight, which actually has a speed limit on on it now. But the the closest I came to feeling like I was going to spin the car was literally driving straight down the front straight. Like if you get off on the on the wrong spot, you start porpoising so bad, you think the car is just going to turn around on you. Wow. Um, and and the fact that also like except for the Grand Prix course, there's no real classic racing turns. Like so so even if you're faster than somebody, you can't just say okay, well, I'm just going to take a little bit later apex into this corner and just drive right by him on the exit. Um, and I'm going to easily pass this guy that's slower than me. There's just there's nothing like that out on, on the Norwich life. It's just all this these sort of connected, you know, twisting corners. Like I think I actually sat down and, and counted up like my, the number of control inputs I had on on a single lap, and I did it a few times. But the average number I came up with was like about 140 separate little control inputs that I was making. In, in wow. one lap, so you're constantly doing something. So yeah. there, there's no setting somebody up and 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 passing them under braking or out of a corner because that that just isn't there. So you, you just basically come up on somebody who you're faster than and you and you get around them, you know, and 
you you go offline to get around them, obviously, but you just get around them wherever you can get around them, and it's 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 crazy. Yeah, watching in car footage, I mean, it's never the the best way to get an idea, but it, it does seem like a very different kind of wheel to wheel racing experience than like your average club course or even yeah, some of the know, famous courses here. Yeah, it's very very much like driving down a, down a country road. Yeah, because um, it's so spread out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and the, you know the fans were we were. We were a support event for the 24-hour race, and we were like the first thing of the weekend, like Thursday morning. I think our green flag was like 7.45 in the morning. There were still probably 30,000 people there. I mean, Oh, that's so neat, man. Just packed. And, um, you know, that was just really cool to, to be bombing around there and, you know, this Audi RS4, big grassroots stickers on the side. And, uh, <laughs> um and it, but it's funny, like it's you know you, you realize after a while like it's just like racing in the U.S. Like there's a drivers meeting that's just like every drivers meeting you've ever been to in your life. Is it is like, it in English or is it in it, German? It's, it's in German, but okay. you know there's there's a guy who's <laughs> helping translate and like what's he saying? He's like like he's saying stuff you know already. Like, like the only, the only thing different was the fact they have they have the, the speed limit zones now, um, which you know they kind of told you how those worked and 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 the fact that also like there, there's never going to be a full course yellow there. Um, just because you, you can't throw a full course caution on a seven over that, yeah, over that yeah. distance. Um, so what they what they do is they have these sort of, uh, and actually I think I think IMSA is starting to adapt these, where they have like a localized, uh, what they call code sixty, which you you'll get a yellow at, at one station, and then the next station you'll have uh, maybe some cones that are driven you around the incident or whatever it was while they clean it up and then the next station you have a green flag and then you're, you're back to racing at, at that point and, and and until that goes away that area is always going to be basically a you know a, a no racing um so you know they they, they teach you they, they go over some of the specifics of of the intricacies of, of racing there. But other than that, like, I mean, there's, you know, the dumb jokes and it's just like every other driver's being you've ever been to. And tech was exactly the same as every other tech line you've been in. Like there was the guy in the nine eleven that walked away from his car and nobody, you know, held the tech line <laughs> up. And, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, it's exactly the same every, yeah. everywhere you go. Well, that's and, good. It's and, good to um, know that it's universal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so that was, that was pretty cool. But it, it was, it was the, I'd say the, the, the biggest, thing for me was was uh just every every sort of showcase corner you, you you go into which is like any of these corners near these public areas just packed with fans and That's so and, cool. and fans like like up at at the fence cheering and they don't care whether you're driving like a Renault Clio in last place or you know you're you're in a, a factory GT3 like like they see a car they like they're 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 cheering for you and uh that was really cool and the actual the actual level of of the racing was pretty high. Um, I mean, there's a real sort of culture around that track over there. And, and there's guys that just have, you know, they, it, it's sort of this, this generational thing. Just, I mean, they, they just race there. Um, and, and the, the level of racing was, was pretty impressive. There was only, there was really only like one or, I mean, there was 150 cars in our group. Um, and there were only like two cars that I saw that I was like, oh, I'm staying away from that guy because that yeah. just looks scary. But everybody else was like, you know, they were it was very fun to dice with, and you know, slow car would slower cars would let you buy, but they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't break off what they were doing to let you buy, but they would they would give you some courtesy, and um, 
That's awesome, man. I, yeah, I can't was, wait to read your article on it and see some pics. Yeah, I got to do some editing first, but it's going to be a fun. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, we're we're in this for what, like an hour and a half or so, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, how how long are the GRM podcasts usually? Um, I, you know, I try and I'm I like, try and go forty five to an hour. Well, we blew it out of the water. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> it will do a couple of parts, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I base my I think I read somewhere that the average commute is forty five minutes. Oof, man, that'd be rough. So um, I know, God. Uh, so I think that's that's that tends to be my target, but I, yeah. you know. I I talk till I'm not in, not in, interested anymore. So yeah. Well, if uh, I got to go grocery shop, and so we should probably wrap this thing up here. But, well, JG, um, where can people uh, connect with you and find out yeah, more about yeah. grassroots? And- yeah, gra- grassrootsmotorsports.com um, and classicmotorsports.com. You guys can find out about everything we're doing. Um, you know, you can you can reach the whole the whole staff through through the web page really easily and on Facebook. Um, you know, we're, I, I, I was saying before our Facebook presence. And our our sort of uh, web presence cross over quite a bit, but the, but actually there's a lot of unique content on both. So if you're just a Facebook fan, come check out the website sometime. And if you're just a message boarder, go check out the Facebook stuff sometimes. And um, there, there's a lot of a lot of different stuff there. We're we're still in that sort of nether region between not knowing how much stuff to do on the web and how much stuff. Keeping the magazine and like, there's so much stuff we do that we want to get out there, um, but we just don't know what to do with it yet. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're we're constantly adding adding more web content, and we we actually got some pretty good archives on on the web now. So, there's there's a there's a lot of a lot of info out there, um, you know, available from from the website and the and the, the Facebook uh, site. But yeah, the, the takeaway message here is if you're just on the website or just on Facebook. Check check the other, other one out once in a while because you're you're missing a big big part of our our online presence. I think. Yeah, it's been my favorite favorite magazine since I was like twelve. So I really appreciate you coming on here, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is, this, yeah, this is you, fun. You've got twenty years in in uh, in my life of being my favorite <laughs> magazine. Yeah, I'm I'm a long time reader too, starting around two thousand one or so. Yeah, that's cool. Man. Yeah, it's yeah. an honor to have you on here, man. And and you know uh, the other thing is too is like check out our. As you guys know, you know, for me and being, you know, challenge people and what, like, you you don't need to enter the events to come and have a good time at at, at oh, our. Events. They're really and, fun events. The, yeah, uh, especially the challenge where uh, where everybody uh, drinks beers in the pool afterwards. <laughs> yeah. So and and that's 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 one thing I, I really like about the the events that we do is they all tend to be, you know, you, you're. I have friends at all the, all the other big magazines, so I don't really mind saying you know, they they all do a great job. But you're not going to get an event from Car and Driver like the Challenge, right? You know that that's something I think very unique to sort of our world that that I'm 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 quite proud of. So, you know, I, anytime you have a chance to check out a GRM event, I think it's uh, it's it's worth the trip. Yeah, I definitely want to be coming to one soon. Cool, man. Well, yeah, th- guys, thank thanks very much for having me. I appreciate it, and thanks for uh, you know I yeah, I. But, uh, well, yeah, actually, so for for my benefit, how, how do I how do we find your podcast? You can find us at uh, facebook dot com slash slip angle show. Uh, you can search for us on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, slip angle, no spaces. So try to keep it kind of trendy that way. Yeah, it's a it's one word, not two. Uh, and you can also reach us uh, via email, uh, Austin at slipangleshow dot com and Adam at slipangleshow dot com. So and what, yeah. this is this is number fourteen. That I'm this in? is fifteen, I believe. It's, yeah, fifteen. 15. Yeah. 
We really appreciate you coming on, man. This is yeah, fun. Absolutely. So I will let's uh let's go ahead and do our log off thing and then do our, our wrap up off the air. So uh yeah. Hey, thanks everybody. Okay, bye. Bye. Uh, bye. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm I'm out. Do you think do you think if I bought a nice vacuum for my fiance she'd vacuum more? Uh you know what? It, it, when she uh, did, it, I don't know, it, it might be know. nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah, if the quantity did not increase, maybe the quality would. So. <laughs> yeah.